You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. Okay, so now Imam Ali comes, he's victorious. The pagans are just shattered. The body of Amr ibn Abdul is laying on the floor, on the ground, on the battlefield. Ibn Ishaq narrates it as Bayhaqi quotes him. The mushrikeen saw the body of Amr lying like that. It was a big source of humiliation. They didn't know what the Muslims are going to do with the body. Are they going to burn the body? Are they going to cut the body into pieces? They wanted the body back. So they sent news to the Prophet. We'll give you 10,000 dirhams, 10,000 silver coins, and we'll buy the body of Amr from you. They wanted to keep the body. The Prophet said, go keep the body. What do you want me to do with the body of Amr? Taking that money from you is haram money. You want me to take money for this corpse of Amr, this enemy of God? Go take him. I don't need his body. So you see how the pagans even think. They're desperate to gain, to get the body back and they're willing to pay that money. They don't know whom they're dealing. This is Rasulullah. You think he has personal vengeance and he wants to mutilate the bodies like you guys did? Why did they make that request? Because in the previous battle, which was the previous battle, the major battle before Khandaq? Uhud. What did they do to Hamza, the uncle of the Prophet? They cut him into pieces. Hind, Hind the wife of Abu Sufyan, she came, she cut up his body as we examined before, she made a necklace out of them and she took the liver of Hamza, she chewed it. They knew they did that to Rasulullah, his uncle. They're like, oh wow, what are the Muslims now going to do to the body of Amr? God knows what they're going to do. The Prophet said, take it, I'm not interested in his body. Exactly, people look at their own evilness and they project it on others. They go by their own, you know, standard, low standard. Forgetting the Prophet has a different standard than they do. So Amr ibn Abdul falls. Remember how many people crossed the ditch? Five. Amr was the major one. What happened to those other four? Three of those other remaining four, they were so frightened by the killing of Amr, they leaped over the trench, and they went back to the other side. They just ran away. The fourth miserable one, whose name was Naufel, he was trying to leap over the ditch, he fell in the ditch. So three of them escaped. The last one, Naufel, he fell inside the ditch. He couldn't gallop properly. So when he fell in the ditch, the Muslims surrounded him to shoot him with arrows. So he knew he was going to be dead meat in seconds. So you know what he said? He told them, Oh Arabs, at least give me a better death. What does he mean by that? Now that you're going to kill me, at least kill me in honor, one-on-one -on -one combat. But all of you to shoot me and I'm by myself, that's cowardice. Now if the pagans were told this, they wouldn't care. They just want to kill you. The Muslim says, okay, 
We'll send Ali after you. <laughs> Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib leaped inside the ditch and with one strike he killed him. So you want one-on-one -on -one combat? Yalla, tfaddal. Here's one-on-one -on -one combat. There are some sources that indicate as Zubair, the cousin of the Prophet, killed him. But based on the analysis of many researchers and scholars, those are not accurate sources. We go with the sources that say Imam Ali is the one who killed him. So even this last guy who fell in the ditch, Imam Ali alayhi salam, went and he struck him. Again, there are reports that Abu Sufyan and others were so terrified by these bodies laying there, they thought that the Muslims are going to seek revenge for Hamza and mutilate the body of Nofel. So they said, we'll also, we're, we're willing to buy the body of Nofel. Give him back to us. Well the, well, the Prophet says, no. You know, hand over the dead body to them. If they want to bury it, let them bury the body. It's not permissible in Islam for us to take the price of a dead body. That's not something that we do. So they tried to pay for the body of Amr and Nofel. But the Prophet rejected in both cases. Now Amr is on the battleground. His sister comes. His sister was a noble lady. At this point she's mushrik. I mean she's not a Muslim, she's with the enemy. But she had some noble character in her. The sister of Amr, she comes and passes by his body. She notices that the armor, the fancy coat of male armor is intact. He's not been stripped from his armor like normally that would happen in the battlefield. You just go and strip the dead person and steal his, you know, very expensive armor. So she's shocked. She looks at the body of her brother and she realizes it's not been stripped from him. Then she said, I'm not going to cry on you, O Amr. Because I see the armor on your body, I know that an honorable person killed you. Whoever killed you is a man of honor because he wasn't so low to strip you from your armor. That makes the tragedy easy for me to accept. But if someone who was so low had killed you, I would not have accepted that. I accept this outcome because the one who killed you is a man of honor. Then she asked, who is the one who killed him? They told her, none other than Ali ibn Abi Talib She says, if Ali is the one who killed my brother, that reduces the tragedy for me. Because Ali is an honorable man, the son of an honorable man. And she composes these lines of poetry in eulogizing her brother Amr. She states, لَوْ كَانَ قَاتِلُ عَمْرٍ غَيْرَ قَاتِلِهِ If the killer of Amr was another person, not Imam Ali. بَكِيتُهُ أَبَدًا مَا دُمْتُ فِي الْأَبَدِ I would have cried on him for eternity. لَكِنَّ قَاتِلَهُ مَنْ لَا نَظِيرَ لَهُ But the killer of Amr has no match. There's no one like him. وَكَانَ يُدْعَى أَبُوهُ بَيْضَةَ الْبَلَدِ And his father was known as being the honorable man of the town, meaning his father Abu Talib. So she's consoling herself, giving herself consolation that, okay, I lost the biggest warrior, he's my brother. But at least somebody honorable killed him. That reduces from the tragedy. After Amr was killed, the army of the Arabs, the Ahzab, the parties got divided. Before that, they were united. We have one mission here, kill Muhammad and his companions. Now that Amr died, there was some disunity. What do we do now? 
And the reason why the Ahzab parties were disunited at this point is because they had different motives to kill the Prophet, to attack Islam. The Jews who had sided with the Ahzab against the Prophet, remember they instigated this whole battle, they despised the rising influence of Islam. And they wanted that last Prophet to be from them, from the Jewish tribes, not from the Arab tribes. They wanted him to be from the line of Ishaq, not Ismail. The Quraysh, what was their motive in killing the Prophet? Enmity, old enmity, revenge from Badran, Uhud. Then you had these other huge tribes like Ghatafan and Fazara. What was their incentive? Do you remember from previous classes why they came and joined? What did the Jews promise them? The Jews promised them if you come and fight Muhammad, we'll give you the proceeds of Khaybar for one year. All the dates, the fruits, all of that which is worth thousands, we'll give it to you. So Ghatafan and Fazara, they had a financial incentive. They didn't really care about the Prophet. They didn't really hate the Prophet. They didn't believe in him, but they didn't really care about him. They were there because of money. The Jews promised us, if you come and fight, you're going to get the proceeds of the farms of Khaybar for one whole year. So because they had different incentives, naturally when the plan doesn't go as, as, as they expected, you're going to have divisions. 